part two of portrait of a man with red hair by hugh walpole this librivox recording is in the public domain part two the dance round the town section one one quarter of an hour later he left them making his excuses promising to return at half-past ten he could not have stayed another moment sitting there quietly in his wicker armchair looking out on the darkening garden listening to crispin's pleasure and peter bruegel without giving some kind of vent to his excitement he must get away and be by himself because uh, yes he knew it and nothing could alter the vehement pulsating truth of it he was in love for the first time in his life as he threaded his way along the garden paths that was at first all that he could see that he was in love with that child in the shabby frock who was married to that odious creature that bag of bones who had not opened his mouth the whole evening long that child terrified out of her life and appealing to him a stranger in her despair to help her in love with a married woman he charles percy harkness what would his two sisters nay what would the whole of baker oregon say did they know but bless you he was not in love with her like that no hero of a modern realistic novel he he had no thought in that first ecstatic glow of any thought for himself at all only his eyes were upon her of how he could help her how serve her now at once before it was too late he was deeply touched that she should trust him but he also realized that at that particular moment she would have trusted anybody and yet she had waited watching him through all the first part of that meal making up her mind there was some tribute to him at least in that it was a considerable time before he could fight his way behind his own singing happiness into any detailed consideration of the facts he was in touch with real life at last had it in both hands like a magic ball of crystal after which for so long he had been searching where had he been all his life fancying that this was love and that that ridiculous touching of hands over a teacup that fancied glance at a crowded party that half-uttered suggested exchange of gimcrack phrases and this why he could not have stopped himself had he wished none of the old considered caution to which he had now grown so accustomed that it had seemed like part of his very soul could have any say in this he was committed up to his very boots in the thing and he was glad 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 and meanwhile he had lost his way he pulled himself up short he had been walking just in any direction he was in a far part of the garden a lawn in the twilight like dark glass beneath whose surface green water played stretched between scattered trees and beds of flowers now grey and shadowy sparks of fire were already scattered across a sky that was smoky with coils of mist as though some giant train had but now thundered through it on its journey to paradise little whistles of wind stole about the garden making secret appointments among the trees 
somewhere near to him a fountain was splashing and behind the lingering liquid sound of it he could hear the merry-go-round and the drum he cared little about the dance now but in some fashion he must pass the time until nine-thirty when he would see her friend and learn what he might do her friend a sudden agitation held him her friend had she a lover was that all that there was behind this that she had married in haste for money luxury to see the world perhaps and now that she had a month of it with that miserable bag of bones and his painted talkative father discovered that she could not endure it and called to her aid some earlier lover was that all that his fine knight-errantry came to that he should assist in some vulgar ordinary intrigue he stopped standing beside a small white gate that led out from the garden into the road it was as though the gate held him from the outer world and he could never pass through it until this was decided for him her face came before him as she had sat there on the other side of the table as it had been when their glances met no he did not doubt her for an instant whatever her experiences of the last month she was pure in heart and soul as some child at her mother's knee she had her pride her pluck her resolve but also above all else her innocent simplicity her ignorance of all the evil in the world and as though the most urgent problem of all his life had been solved he gave the little white gate a push and stepped through it into the open road two he was now in the country to the left of and above the town he could see its lights clustered like gold coins thrown into some capacious lap there below him in the valley he struck off along a path that led between deeply scented fields and that led straight down the hill he began now more soberly to consider the facts of the case and a certain depression stole about him he didn't after all see very well what he would be able to do they were going on the following morning the three of them abroad and once there how was he to effect any sort of rescue the girl was apparently quite legally married and although the horrible young crispin had been silent and sinister there were no signs that he was positively cruel the deeper harkness looked into it the more he was certain that the secret of the whole mystery lay in the older crispin it was of him that the girl was terrified rather than the son harkness did not know how he was sure of this he could trace no actual words or looks but there yes there the centre of the plot lay the man was strange and queer enough to look at but a more charming companion you could not find he had been nothing but amiable friendly and courteous his attitude to his daughter-in-law had been everything that any one could wish he had seemed to consider her in every possible way harkness with his american naivete of conduct was fond of the word wholesome or rather had he not spent so much of his life in europe would have found it his highest term of praise to call his fellow-man a regular feller crispin senior was not a regular feller whatever else he might be there had too been one moment towards the end of dinner when a waiter passing had jolted the little man's chair 
there had been for an instant a glance that harkness now in his general survey of the situation was glad to have caught a glance that seemed to tear the pale powdered mask away for the moment and to show a living moving visage something quite other something the more alive in contrast with its earlier immobility once years before harkness had seen in the naples aquarium two octopi they lay like grey slimy stones at the bottom of the shining sunlit tank an attendant had let down through the water a small frog at the end of a string the frog had nearly reached the bottom of the tank when in one flashing instant the pile of shiny stone had been a whirling sickening monster tentacles thousands of them it seemed curving two loathsome eyes glowing in one moment of time the frog was gone and in another moment the muddy pile was immobile once again an unpleasant sight were the etchings of samuel palmer quispen's only appetite harkness fancied not three plunging almost recklessly down the hill he was soon in the town and pushing his way through two or three narrow little streets found himself in the market-place he caught his breath at the strange transformation of the place since his last view of it more than three hours before he learnt later that this dance was held always as the grand finale of the three days annual fair and on the last of the days there is an old custom that from four thirty to six thirty no trading shall be done but that every one shall entertain or be entertained within their homes this pause had its origin i should fancy in some kind of religious ceremony to ask the good god's blessing on the trading of the three days but it had become by now a most convenient interval for the purpose of drinking healths so that when at seven o'clock all the citizens of the town poured out of their doors once again they were truly and happily primed for the fun of the evening harkness found therefore what at first seemed to be naked pandemonium and stepping into it crossed into the third room of his house of delivery the old buildings the town hall the church the old grey tower were lit up as though by some supernatural splendour all the lights of the booths the hanging clusters of fairy lamps and in the very middle of the place a huge bonfire flinging arms of flame to heaven in one corner there was the merry-go-round a twisting heaving gesticulating monster screaming out go black mammy i'm mine and suddenly whooping with its own excitement showing so much emotion that it would not have been surprising to find it at any moment leap its bearings and come hurtling down into the middle of the crowd the booths were thick with buyers and sellers and every one to harkness's excited fancy seemed to be screaming at the highest pitch of his or her strident voice here was everything for sale hats feathers coats skirts dolls wooden dolls rag dolls china dolls monkeys on sticks ribbons gloves shoes umbrellas pies puddings cakes jams oranges apples melons cucumbers potatoes cabbages cauliflowers brooches diamonds glass rubies glass emeralds glass prayer books bibles pictures king george queen mary 
cups plates teapots coffee pots rabbits white mice dogs sheep pigs one gray horse tables chairs beds and one wooden house on wheels more than these much more and around them about them in and out of them before them and behind them and behind them men women children singing crying shouting sneezing laughing hiccuping quarrelling kissing arguing denying confirming whistling and snoring men of the sea bronzed with dark hair flashing eyes rings on their fingers and bells on their toes men of the fields the soil interpenetrated with the very soul of their being bearded to the eyes broad-shouldered broad-buttocked their sunday coats flapping over their corduroy thighs their rough thick necks moving restlessly in their unaccustomed collars women of the fair with eyes like black coals gypsy women straight from the tents with crimson kerchiefs and black hair piled high under feathered hats women of the town with soft voices sidling eyes and creeping hands women of the farm with gaze wondering and adrift hands like leather children at their skirts women householders with their purses carefully clutched their hands feeling the cabbages pinching the cauliflowers estimating the chairs and tables stroking the china young boys and girls confidence in their gaze timidity in their hearts suddenly catching hands suddenly embracing suddenly triumphant on their merry-go-round suddenly everything conscious of the last penny burning deep down in the pocket conscious of love conscious of appetite conscious of possible remorse conscious of blood pounding in their veins and the magicians the wonder workers the steel a pennies the old men with white beards and trays of colored treasures the bold bad men with their thimble and their penny the little stumpy fellow with his cards the long thin melancholy fellow with his medicines the thick jolly drunken fellow with his tales of the sea the twisty turn his head both ways fellow with his gold watches and silver chains the red wizard with his fortunes in envelopes his magic on strings of colored paper his mysterious signs and countersigns whispered into blushing ears and then the children that should have been in bed hours ago little children large children young children old children fat children thin children children clinging to mother's skirts children running in and out like mice between legs and trousers children riding on father's shoulder children sticky with sweets and sucking their thumbs children screaming with pleasure shrieking with terror howling with weariness and one child all by itself on the steps of the town hall curled up and fast asleep away to one side of the place just as he had been there fifteen years ago when meredith had been present was a preacher aloft on an overturned box singing with hand raised his thin earnest face illumined with the lights his scant hair blowing in the breeze around him a thin scattering of people singing just as fifteen years ago they had sung so like little candles we shall shine you in your small corner and i in mine 
the same recipe the same cure the same key offered to the unlocking of the same mysterious door and so it will be to the end of created life amen the hymn was over the preacher's voice was raised children stepped to the edge of the circle looking up with wondering eyes their fingers in their mouths and so dear friends we have offered to us here the blood of the lamb for our salvation can we refuse it what right have we to disregard our salvation i tell you my dear friends that judgment is upon us even now there cometh the night when no man may work how shall we be found sleeping with our sins heavy upon us there is yet time the hour is not yet let us remember that god is merciful there is still time given us for repentance the town hall clock stridently with clanging reverberations heard clearly above all the din struck nine four even as the strokes sounded in the air the wide doors of the town hall unfolded and a tall stout man dressed in the cocked hat and the cape and cloak of a dickensian beetle appeared flaming red they were and very fine and important he looked as he stood there on the steps his legs spread holding his gold staff in his hands he was attended by several other gentlemen who looked down with benignant approval upon the crowd and by a drum a trumpet and a flute these last being instruments rather than men a crowd began to gather at the foot of the steps and the beetle to address them at the top of his voice but unlike his rival the preacher his voice did not carry very far and now the fair having only five minutes more of life before it lifted itself into a final screaming manifestation now was the time for which the wise and the cautious had been waiting throughout the three days of the fair the moment when all the prices would tumble down with a rush because it was now or never the merry-go-round shrieked the animals bellowed lowed mooed and grunted the purchasers argued quarrelled shouted and triumphed the preacher and his followers sang and sang again the bells clanged the gas-jets flared the bonfire rose furiously to heaven but meanwhile the crowd was growing larger and larger around the town hall steps they came with penny whistles and horns and handbells even tea-trays then suddenly strong above the babel carried by men's stout voices the song began now gentles all attend this song tra la tra la la it is but short it can't be long tra la 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 tra la how farmer brown one summer day was in his field a gathering hay when by there came a pretty maid who smiling sweetly to him said tra la 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 tra la then farmer brown though forty year tra la 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 tra la when he that pretty voice did hear tra la 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 tra la he threw his fork the nearest ditch and caught the maiden tightly which was what she wanted him to do so the same would all of you tra la 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 tra la but she withdrew from his embrace tra la 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 tra la and mocked poor farmer to his face tra la 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 tra la and danced away along the lane and cried before i'm here again poor farmer brown you'll dance with pain tra la 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 tra la 
and that was true as you shall hear tra la 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 tra la poor farmer brown danced many a year tra la 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 tra la but never once that maid did see he grew as aged as aged could be and danced into eternity tra la 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 tra la the red flaming beetle moved down the steps and behind him came the drum the trumpet and the flute the drum a stout fellow with wide-spreading legs had from the practice of many a year and his father and grandfather having been drummers before him caught the exact measure of the tune along the market-place went the beetle the drum the trumpet and the flute for a moment a marvellous silence fell to harkness this silence was exquisite the myriad stars the high buildings their facades ruby-coloured with the leaping light the dark piled background the crowd humming now with quiet like water on the boil the glow of rich suffused colour sheltering everything with its beautiful cloak the rich voices tossing into the air the jolly song the sense of well-being and the tradition of the lasting old time and the spirit of england eternally fresh and sturdy and strong all this sank into his very soul and seemed to give him some hint of the deliverance that was very soon to come to him then the procession definitely formed all the voices men's women's and children's alike caught it up one two three one two three the drum the trumpet and the flute came to them through the air how farmer brown one summer day was in his field a-gathering hay when by there came a pretty maid who smiled sweetly to him and said tra la 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 tra la he was never to be sure whether or no he had intended to join in the dance he was not aware of more than the colour the lights the rhythm of the tune when a man like a mountain caught him by the arm shouting now we're off brother now we're off and he was carried along there had always been a superstition about the dance that to join in it to be in it from the beginning to the end meant the best of good luck and to miss it was misfortune there was therefore now a flinging from all sides of eager bodies into the fray no one must be left out and as the path between the line of bodies and houses was a narrow one every one was pressed close together and as there had been much friendly swilling of beer and ale every one was in the highest humour shouting laughing singing ringing their bells and blowing their whistles harkness was crushed in upon his enormous friend so completely that he had no other impression for the moment but of a vast expanse of heaving leaping corduroy waistcoat of a hard brass button in his eye and of himself clutching with both hands to a shiny trouser that must hold himself from falling but they were off indeed four of them now in a row and the song was swinging fine and strong one two three one two three forward bend one leg in the air backward bend t'other leg in the air forward bend again down the market-place and round the corner voices raised in one tremendous song he was easier now and able more clearly to realize his position one arm was tightly wedged in that of his companion and he could feel the thick swelling muscles taut through the stuff of the shirt 
on the other side of him was a girl and he could feel her hand pressing on his sleeve on her side again was a young man her lover he said so and shouted it to the world he leaned across her and cried out her beauties as they moved and she threw her head back and sang the giant on the hither side seemed to have taken harkness into his especial protection he had been drinking well but it had done him no order of harm only he loved the world and especially harkness he felt he knew that harkness was a stranger from up along on an average day he would have resented him been suspicious of him and tried to do him out of some of his blasted money but to-night he would be his friend and protect him from the world he would rather have had a girl crooked there under his arm but the girl he had intended to have had somehow missed him when the fun began but it didn't matter the beer made everything glorious for him and after all he had two daughters nigh grown up and his old missus was around somewhere and it was just as good he didn't slip into any sort of mischief which it was easy to do on a night like this and his name was gideon all this he confided to harkness while the procession halted for a minute or two at the corner of the market-place to pull itself straight before it started down the hill he had his arm around harkness's neck and words poured from him gideon what or something gideon it didn't matter gideon it was and gideon it would be so long as harkness's memory remained all the soil of the english country all the deep lanes with their high dark hedges the russet cornfields with their sudden dips to the sea the high ridges with the white cottages perched like birds resting against the sky the smell of the earth the savour of the leaves wet after rain the thick smoke and damp of the closed-in rooms the mud the clay the running streams the wind through the thick sheltering trees all these were in gideon's speech as he stood close-pressed thigh to thigh with harkness he was happy although he knew not why and harkness was happy because he was in love for the first time in his life and tingled from head to foot with that knowledge and up and down and all around it was the same this was the night of all the nights of the year when enmities were forgotten and new friendships made as meredith once had felt the current of love running strong and true through a thousand souls so harkness felt it now and as with meredith once so with harkness now it seemed strange that life might not be simply run that the lion might not lie down with the lamb that nations might not forever at peace the one with the other and that the grand millennium might not immediately be at hand all beer you say maybe and yet not altogether so something anxious and longing in the human heart was rising free and strong that night and would never again entirely leave some of the hearts that knew it harkness for one there were to be many years in the future when he was to feel again the beating of gideon's heart under his arm something of gideon's was his and something of his was gideon's forevermore though they would never meet again five 
and now the procession was arranged harkness looking back could see how it stretched a winding serpent black in the shadows of the leaping bonfire through the square they were off again the drum had started down the hill they went all packed together all swinging from the tune a kind of divine frenzy united them all young and old men and women married and single good and evil vicious and virtuous all were together bound in one chain harkness was with them for the first time in all his life restraint was flung aside he did not smell the beer nor did the sweat of the perspiring bodies offend his sensitive nostrils nor the dung from the fields nor the fishy odours of the sea with gideon on one side and a young man's girl on the other he swung through the town details for a time eluded him he was singing the song at the top of his voice but what words he was singing he could not have told you he was dancing to the measure but for the life of him he could not have afterward repeated the rhythm they swung down into the heart of the town the doors of all the houses were crowded with the very aged and the very young who stood laughing and crying out pointing to their friends and acquaintances laughing at this and cheering at that and always more were joining in pushing their way dancing the more energetically because they had missed the first five minutes now they were down on the fish market all sprinkled with silver under the little moon and the cloth of stars here the wind from the sea came to meet them and through the music and the singing and the laughter and the press-press of the dancing crowd could be heard the faint breath of the tide on the shore seep-seep soo-soo wistful and powerful remaining forever when they were all gone the shades of the fish-market were gaunt and dark and deserted for one moment all the naked place was filled with colour and movement then up the hill they all pressed it was difficult up the hill there were breaths and pants and uh, sirs and oh the poor worm and up uh, but my heart's beating and i cannot uh, i cannot one woman fell was picked up and planted by the side of the road a young man staying with melancholy kindness beside her the rest passed on soon they were at the top of the hill before they turned to the left again back into the town and this was harkness's greatest moment for an instant the dance paused and just then it happened that harkness was at the highest point of the climb catching his breath his hand to his heart for he was out of training and the going had been hard he looked about him below him to the right and to the left and to the farthest horizon the sea a grey silk shadow hung so soft so gentle that the stars that crackled above it seemed to be taunting it with its lethargy on the other side of the hill was all the clustered town and before him and behind him the dark multitudes of human beings he was happy ecstatically happy pressed close to gideon who was drinking something out of a bottle he was unconscious of any personality only that time had found for him it seemed a solution to the whole problem of life the sea-wind fanning his temples the salt snap of the sea 
the pounding of his own heart in union with that other heart of his companion who was with him all these things together made of him who had been always afraid and timorous and edged with caution a triumphant soul and it was good that it was so because of all that he would be called upon to do that night gideon put his arm around him pressing him close to him and pushed the bottle up to his lips drink brother he said drink then my dear and harkness drank now they were starting down the hill into the town once more and the dance reached the height of its madness he threw his fork the nearest ditch and caught the maiden tightly which was what she wanted him to do and so the same would all of you tra la 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 tra la they screamed they shrieked they tumbled on to one another they held on where they could they swung from side to side the red beetle himself caught the frenzy flinging his fat body now here now there the very houses and the cobbles of the street seemed to swing and sway as the lights flashed and flared all the bells of the town were pealing in the market-place they were setting off the fireworks and the rockets green and red and gold streaked the purple sky and fought for rivalry with the stars all the sky now was scattered with sparks of gold from the highest heaven to the lowest of man's ditches the world crackled and split and sang now was the moment when all enmities were truly forgotten when love was declared without fear when lips sought lips and hands clasped hands and heaven opened and all the human souls marched in tra la 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 tra la tra la 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 tra la back into the market-place they all tumbled then standing in a serried mass as the beetle and his followers mounted the town-hall steps they shouted all together one two three one two three one two three hooray 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 the dance of all the hearts was for one more year at an end six everyone was splitting up into little groups some to look at the fireworks some to have a last drink together some to creep off into the dark shadows and there confirm their vows some to drive home on their carts and wagons to their distant farms some to sit in their homes for a last chatting about all the news some to go straight to their beds the common impulse was over although it would not be forgotten harkness looked round to find gideon but that giant was gone nor was he ever to see him again he paused there panting happy forgetting for an instant everything but the fun and freedom that he had just passed through then as though it would forcibly remind him the town hall struck half past nine he spoke to a man standing near him can you kindly tell me where a hotel called the feathered duck is he asked certainly said the man wiping the sweat from the hair matted on his forehead it's out on the sea-front go down high street they'll take you to the sea-front then walk to your right and it's about five houses down harkness thanked him and hurried away he had no difficulty in finding the high street but there how strange to walk so quietly down it hearing your own feet tread watched by all the silent houses when only five minutes ago you had been whirling in dionysian frenzy 
he was on the sea-front and two steps afterwards was looking up at the quiet and modest exterior of the feathered duck the long road stretched shining and sleek not a living soul about the little hotel offered a discreet welcome with plants in large green pots one on either side of the door a light warm enough to greet you and not too startling to frighten you and the knob gleaming like an inviting eye harkness pushed open the door and entered the hall was anemic and dark with the trap to catch the visitors some way down on the right there seemed to be no one about harkness pushed open a door and at once found himself in one of those little hotel drawing-rooms that are so peculiarly british compounded as they are of ferns and discretion convention and an untuned piano in this little room a young man was sitting alone harkness knew at once that his search was over he knew where it was that he had heard the name dunbar before this was his young man of the high road the wandering seaman and the serious appointment the young man of his expectant charge there was yet however room for mistake and so he waited standing in the doorway the young man was bending forward in a red plush armchair eagerly watching he recognized harkness at once as his friend of the afternoon hello he said and then hurriedly why what has been happening to you harkness stepped forward into the room to me he said why yes you're sweating your collar's undone you look as though you'd run a mile oh that harkness blushed fingering his collar that had broken from its stud i've been dancing dancing yes all around the town like the lion and the unicorn oh i heard you on any other night he broke off during this time he had been watching harkness with a curious expression something between eagerness distrust and an impatience which he was finding very difficult to conceal he said nothing more harkness also was silent they stared the one at the other and could hear beyond the door the noises of the little hotel a shrill female voice the rattle of plates some man's laughter at last harkness said your name is dunbar isn't it the young man instead of answering asked his own question look here what the devil are you after i don't say that it is or it isn't but anyway why do you want to know it's only this said harkness slowly that if your name is dunbar then i have a message for you you have he started out of his chair standing up in front of harkness as though challenging him yes a friend of yours asked me to come here to meet you at half-past nine and tell you that she agrees to your proposal she does at last then his voice changed to suspicion you seem to be a lot in this forgive my curiosity i don't want to seem rude but meeting me on the hill this afternoon and now this i've got to be so damn careful my name is harkness it was quite by chance that i was walking down the hill this afternoon and met you as i told you then i was on my way to the man-at-arms this evening i offered my help to a lady there who seemed to be in distress and asked her whether there was anything that i could do 
she asked me to bring you that message there was no one else for her to ask dunbar stared at harkness then suddenly held out his hand jolly decent of you i won't forget it my name is dunbar as you know david dunbar and mine harkness charles harkness i can't tell you what you've done for me by bringing me that message here don't go for a minute have something won't you yes i think i will said harkness conscious of a sudden weariness what shall it be whiskey small soda they sat down dunbar touched a bell and then in silence they waited harkness was humorously conscious that he seemed to be the younger of the two the boy had taken complete command of the situation the older man was also aware that there was some very actual and positive situation here that was developing under his eyes as he sat there sticking to the plush of his chair listening to the ridiculous chatter of the marble clock staring into the warder street puritans of when did you see father last he felt urgency beating in upon them both a shabby waiter looked in upon them received his order and departed dunbar suddenly plunged look here i know i can trust you i'm sure of it and she trusted you so that should be enough for me but would you mind telling me exactly how it happened that you got this message certainly harkness said i wait dunbar interrupted forgive me but drop your voice will you one doesn't know who's hanging around here they drew their chairs closer together and harkness sitting forward continued i had dressed for dinner early a friend of mine in london had told me that there was a little old room at the top of the hotel that was well worth seeing i guess like most americans i care for old-fashioned things so i got up to the top of the house and found the room i was up in a little gallery at the back when two people came in a man and a girl they began to talk before i could move or let them know i was there it was all too quick for me to do anything the girl begged the man to whom she was apparently married to let her go home for a week before they went abroad and the man refused that was all there was but the girl's terror struck me as extreme my god dunbar broke in if you only knew end of part two section one